Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the As of Yet Unnamed podcast. I am Connor, joined as always by Parth. Hey, what's up? And this is episode eight. Today, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite TV series and Netflix series, whatever, whatever it plays on. Uh, kind of going off the back end of our movies episode we did last time. Each of us picked three different series that we're going to go into detail about, why we like it, who's in it, all that kind of stuff. And we also have, at the end, some honorable mentions we're going to shout out, some other series that didn't quite make the cut. And Parth here is going to start us off with his first pick of the night. Yeah. So my first pick for tonight is Community. This is a show I'm a big fan of, and it ran from 2009 to 2015. And it ran for six seasons, and it had 110 episodes. And it's basically a sitcom. It had sort of an ensemble ensemble cast. Uh, some of the big stars on it were Joel McHale, Donald Glover, Gillian Jacobs, Ken Jeong, Chevy Chase, Allison Brie, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, Danny Pudi, and Jim Rash. Uh, so, yeah, pretty big cast. And this was a show I started, well, I I watched in 2018, I remember. It was at the end, towards the end of 2018. I was just looking for a new show to watch, and I came across Community, and it was on some list, and it said it was, like, a pretty good show. So I decided to check it out, you know. And it kind of starts off as a standard sitcom. I didn't think there was anything too special about it at the very beginning but as it goes on i think the quality improves dramatically and seasons two and three of the show i think are probably some of the best seasons of comedy i've seen of any show actually basically the plot is about this group of friends at a community college and basically just the adventures they get into that's a very, I guess, basic, you know, synopsis. But, yeah, each episode is kind of its, you know, its own thing. There's, there's, I guess, a little bit of, like, uh, like serialized storylines, you know? But for the most part, it's like, you know, each episode is its own little story. So, um, yeah, great show. It's just really funny, I think. Like, the sense of humor... My sense of humor, I think, really matches with the show. And it also just has a lot of heart. It's like... I don't know. It The show just made me happy. Like, <laughs> watching the show, it was like a good time in my life. <laughs> to be honest. It's like comfort viewing. <laughs> yeah. It, it is very much a comfort show. Um sort of a feel-good show at at times but it's also pretty like clever with its comedy i think it's not like your you know just your average sitcom like the office (laughs) you know yeah what a bad show that is yeah yeah. (laughs) no one likes the office no one (laughs) i'm I'm not really a fan of the office but yeah it also this show community also has some very conceptual episodes where they kind of do a theme like uh, one episode it's like they do a paintball match on on the campus of the community college in the show and it's like 
it's like a paintball episode where all the characters get into this paintball match and uh it was like the winner gets pri- got priority registration for like classes or something <laughs> and then yeah, that was like that was one that's one of the best episodes actually of the show and they actually did like three more paintball episodes later in the show which were also very good um and then they did they did another show that was sort of like a law and order parody like even the opening credits were like in in a different style like a law and order style for that episode Mm -hmm. um what else they also do this episode where they have like they play with different timelines kind of like the same scenario like they all go to someone's apartment to like play um just hang out and play a game for a night and there's like six different timelines or just different there's like different scenarios that could have happened in each timeline and there's like this one crazy timeline where there's a fire (laughs) and uh i don't know this is like it goes crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just so there's a lot of episodes that like that which are i think pretty different from like a this is a typical sitcom. They kind of branch out and do some creative stuff, I think. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't have a ton more to say about it. It's just, like, a great comedy that I think... I think everyone should should check out, to be honest. And, um, and there is a small... There is a dip in quality, I think, in the show in, like, season four. Pretty much everyone considers that the worst season, but uh, they come back with season five, you know? So yeah, this is actually also the same creator that made Rick and Morty, uh, fun fact, uh, Dan Harmon, that's his name. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like been talk of a community movie for a while. Um, I think a lot of the fans want a movie, but the cast has said they'd be down to do it. I think even uh, the creator, uh, Dan, he said he was, like, writing a movie uh, recently, but there hasn't been anything in, uh, like, set in stone yet or anything. But that would be pretty cool. I would definitely want to check that out. Other than that, that's about it. It's a great show. You should check it out. I mean, maybe not not you (laughs) in particular, but people in general should check it out. Yeah, I've never seen anything from Community. Uh, there's some like memes I know that that came out of it that have been popular on like Reddit and stuff. Right. But I've never seen any of the episodes of it. I have watched Rick and Morty, but mm. Dan Harmon's other kind of big show. Yeah. It was it was okay. Yeah. It had some episodes I I thought were pretty good. And then it had some other episodes that I thought were just kind of. <laughs> but. Yeah. All right, and coming off of that, I'm gonna go into my first show. Um, my first pick of the night is The X Files. Going back a little bit older. Uh. This ran from 1993 to 2001, and it had new seasons in 2016 and 2018 for a total of 217 episodes across 11 different seasons. Um, It was created by Chris Carter. Uh, He wrote a lot of the episodes and also directed a couple, as well as directing one of the movie spinoffs that came out of the show. Uh, This is basically the only thing he's really known for. I looked him up, and he's basically the X-Files guy. None of his other projects I really recognized. 
uh, and it stars David Duchovny, uh, Gillian Anderson, and Mitch Pileggi. They're probably the the biggest names from the show to come out of it. And it's uh, basically just a serialized uh, sci-fi kind of horror-esque TV series about these two FBI agents that are assigned to the X-Files, which is the FBI's, you know, unknown occurrences department. And it's such a small branch that it's just the two of them. They're the only two members of this task force. And it's just about their week-to-week adventures investigating various strange happenings and unexplainable events. Then there's there's overarching stories that deal mostly with alien abduction. Um, both of the main characters have past experiences dealing with supposed alien abductions. And it goes into a ton of detail with their backstories. And those are usually the, the overarching themes. Or kind of like government cover-ups and conspiracies and um, just general untrustworthiness of the FBI at the higher levels. You kind of kind of above where our main characters are at. But it's a really good watch. Um I think the thing that really makes it aside from the writing uh would be the chemistry between the two main actors. Uh David Duchovny plays Fox Mulder who is like the long-standing uh, member of the X-Files and Gillian Anderson plays uh Dana Scully who is assigned to basically monitor Mulder because the FBI wants to get rid of the whole X-Files altogether. And they basically put her on the team with him to try to disprove what he's saying and kind of make him seem crazy so they can have an excuse to get rid of him. But as she gets into it, she kind of starts to believe more and more about what all Mulder is investigating, even though she always plays the role of, like, the skeptic. She's usually very skeptical about everything that happens. Whereas Mulder is more of the... uh, genuine like believer he he truly believes all this strange stuff that they always they they come across each episode the creativity in the show is one of the things i really like as well like i said the writing is really good each episode it kind of follows like a monster of the week setup which i think was kind of popularized by the x-files where each episode is a different scenario them going to a different place to investigate a different occurrence everything from like lizard men to invisible people to psychics Anything you can imagine, The X-Files is probably covered in an episode. And that's really what I think is main draw for me, is just, you can just randomly pick an episode and watch it, and it'll be interesting and engaging, and something you probably wouldn't have thought of. Very creative. Like I said, it deals a lot with sci-fi kind of elements uh, when it's doing the more alien abduction-related stories. And then there are also episodes of the series, I would say, pretty well bridged into horror it's got some kind of unsettling ideas and stuff behind it as as much as a tv 14 series can have at least you know it's not like super hard r material or anything like that uh any teenager would be able to watch this and wouldn't be too affected but there are some unsettling elements to it so it's been a pretty influential series i think uh i remember you talking about watching things like supernatural when you were younger and things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I've never watched either of those, but I think they follow kind of a similar format that X-Files popularized. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would consider it pretty influential just in the, the series, the realm of TV series at least. Right. And the whole overarching story, uh, they do manage to wrap it up fairly well. The series ran for so long uh, that they were able to get two different movies out of it. There was a movie in 1998 that actually serves as the bridge between two of the series, or two of the seasons of the series. And then after the series ended, quotation marks, in um, 2001, there was an additional movie in 2008 
that covered some like additional events dealing with abductions and aliens visiting Earth and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like they managed to draw all those storylines to a pretty well-fitting conclusion. I wouldn't honestly recommend the movies unless you're a diehard fan of the series because they're not executed super well outside of tying up the storylines. They're not super entertaining or engaging to watch as movies, unlike the show, which I find is always pretty consistently quality watching. And there's just tons of memorable characters uh, like the Smoky Man and uh, Deep Throat, all these kind of elusive uh, figures within the FBI that at times they're they're like a helper to Mulder and Scully, and other times they're like an opposition to them. You never know quite who's on whose side, and that creates a lot of tension just between the characters that I find is really cool. And overall, I just feel like it's it's a worthwhile watch. It's one of those things where, since it is like a Monster of the Week kind of series, you don't have to like binge watch it necessarily because the episodes that will like play off of each other like the serialized storylines there's usually a recap of what happened in the last episode that had something to deal with this so you could just pop an episode on here and there wherever you wanted to watch one and it'd be an entertaining watch there's no like there's nothing to like worry about remembering between each episode really Mm -hmm. so it's just fun to put one on and watch it here and there it's something cool like to fall asleep to i'll put it on every once in a while and just watch a couple episodes as I'm like laying in bed waiting to go to sleep. I know my parents really liked it. They were they were viewers, like weekly viewers, back when it was originally airing. Wow. So that's kind of how I got into it. I remember watching a little bit of it when I was younger, uh, just some episodes that I caught. Uh, they, they wouldn't let me watch a lot of it because I <laughs> think I was a little too young at that point for some of the stuff it was dealing with. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of where I got my start with it. And up until... Maybe two or three years ago, I really got back into it and just kind of binged the whole series front to back. And it's a worthwhile watch. I really like it. I would highly recommend it to anybody that lives that likes kind of like um, tense, mysterious, like suspenseful kind of thrillers. Uh, it's really a thriller at its heart more than anything else, just with kind of sci-fi and horror themes sprinkled throughout. Mm-hmm. But any fan of like the other series I mentioned, like Supernatural or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I feel like X Files would probably be right up your alley if you like either of those. Oh, okay. The first, the first season's probably the weakest. They really have to kind of find their footing before they get that chemistry going between the the main actors. But after that, it's it's really consistent, like really good. Hmm. Just highly recommended watching. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I do remember last year. Watching the first two episodes of the X Files, I, I don't know. I just stopped after that for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I know like the it is pretty kind of iconic, I guess. Like the main theme, like you hear that. Everybody knows the main theme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll keep, I'll check it out. You know, keep watching it. Yeah, it's definitely one, like I said, where you got to give it a little bit of time to really kind of find itself. But once it gets going, it, it goes. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to put down once you get sucked into it. Right. I will say that the two newer seasons feel a bit unnecessary. I haven't watched all of the newest season um, from 2018. Uh, they have a bit of a like tongue-in-cheek kind of vibe. Like You can tell the actors were having a lot of fun kind of being back in these characters. And a lot of the storylines don't feel nearly as like serious as some of the stories from the original run. And maybe I'd appreciate that more now. 
like having had some distance between finishing the main story and you know having a, having a year or two to kind of distance myself from it, I'd appreciate that more tongue and cheek nature. But coming off the tail end of like finishing the all, all the uh, the original seasons and then watching the movies and everything and then going straight into the new seasons, it's kind of jarring just how different the tone is. But I think it has its own appeal. Like I said, I'd have to go back and give the newer seasons a try just to see if maybe my opinion on them changed a little bit. Uh-huh. Is this show over now completely? Um, I think so. I have not heard anything about another season being in the works. Because season 10 was in 2016 and season 11 was in 2018. After the final season before that having been in 2001. So it was quite a break they took with yeah. that one movie in 2008. Right. But it still had it still had the same charm like even the newer seasons the actors, you know, it, there's like a time jump like it's not like they're trying to be as young as they were in the original run. Oh, okay. You know, they've aged and everything. <laughs> and that, they kind of play on that a little bit I think in some of the episodes just how like how much older they've gotten and stuff, which was kind of funny. Hmm. So there's a lot there's a lot more like intentional humor I think in the newer seasons. Like I said, compared to the more serious tone of the original run. Gotcha. But yeah, I think it's done. I'm not. I, I have not heard anything else about the X Files since that latest season came out, and that's been three years ago now. So. Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, it is a very long run. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I'm gonna hand it back over to Parth for his second pick of the night. Okay, so my second pick for the night is Atlanta. And this show started in 2016, and it's still ongoing. The uh, show's still running. And this was created by, uh, by Donald Glover, who was also in Community. Uh, this fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> and this has 21, 21 episodes so far. So it's only had two seasons so far. But they have shot uh, seasons three and four, and those are coming out next year in 2022. So I'm looking forward to those. And the cast of this show, some of the cast is uh, Donald Glover, Lakeith Stanfield, Brian Tyree Henry, Zazie Beetz, and uh, actually, yeah, those four I would say are like the main cast, the main four. And this show is basically a comedy drama kind of a mix of comedy and drama and it's it's basically about donald glover he plays the main character who is this just this guy living in atlanta um and his cousin is this like up-and-coming rapper in in the rap scene in in atlanta and he becomes his cousin's uh manager so it's kind of just their adventures, I guess, like circumnavigating the rap industry and this kind of, I don't know, it's a hard show to kind of categorize. Like it just, every episode is kind of different. It kind of tackles different topics. Like they tackle some societal issues. Like uh, they have kind of commentary on police brutality or just kind of what living in poverty is like and um it just has stuff to say about like race and it actually kind of 
genre-wise, it kind of goes into different directions sometimes. For example, there's this one episode in season two, which almost goes into like horror territory. It's it's one of the best of the show. Like just the plot is very odd. Like what happens in the episode, it's very off-putting and unsettling. So there's also this other episode where it, which gets pretty serious and uh, almost has like a thriller aspect to it at, at in one part. Um, so yeah, I like how the show is very, um, diverse with kind of the style, the styles of the episodes and the genres and just kind of the topics it, uh, it tackles. Also, I really like the character, the main character in the show, uh, that Donald Glover plays. His name is Ern. I just found myself really like rooting for him because like he's not, he's like pretty poor in the show you know he's trying to make ends meet like he has a young daughter and like like a a baby mama you know (laughs) and like um he's got he's being he's the manager for his cousin and you know he's kind of making money that way but it's really still kind of hard for him to you know make ends meet so I I just find him to be like a sympathetic main character. And um yeah, I actually like all of the main characters. They're all pretty likable and kind of charismatic. And it, it's also pretty interesting seeing how fame kind of affects their lives cuz as a uh, his cousin, the rapper, becomes more famous, they kind of just have to deal with more issues and they kind of make some enemies in the industry. So it's just plot wise it's pretty interesting. There is sort of like a main serialized storyline, like, you know, storylines that run from episode to episode. But then there's like certain episodes that have their own little, you know, plot that um you know, it's just for that episode. Like uh one episode I can talk about, I'll just mention that that horror kind of episode in the show. It it's like this main or not the main character, but well one of the main characters of the show. They end up going to this guy's house to to uh, buy a piano from them, and the guy just ends up being like really weird. He just looks really odd, and like he has this really high pitched voice, and he just he's just acting really strangely. The whole time he's at this guy's house, it's it's just a very like unsettling kind of energy there and um like at the end of the episode you find out the guy's been keeping his brother like in the basement of the house like hostage (laughs) and you see like his brother come up and like he shoots the guy and kills the guy uh first and then he shoots himself so okay it's just a very dark yeah very like dark unexpected direction the show went in for that episode and but it's like really well done so it's just really cool how the show can mix like comedy with stuff like that and, and it works so um yeah it's i know it's a very well received show like i it's gotten i think it was nominated for some like awards i think and it's got a pretty solid like fan base 
yeah, you know, I'm definitely part of that fan base. <laughs> Great show. I would, again, I'll probably recommend this to anyone. It's like pretty creative, but, you know, I think there is something in there for most people. So definitely check this one out. Great show. Looking forward to seasons three and four for sure. This is another one that I haven't seen anything myself from, so. Mm. I know it would probably be a good time to get into it now when there's only two seasons to worry about before the, right. the next two come out. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I, I think they'll, I'm sure they'll be great. I mean, Donald Glover ha hasn't disappointed so far. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's about it for me for that one. And I'm going to move on to my second pick of the night. Uh, which is going to be It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, this is like a pure, purely comedy, like, sitcom, almost. I, w I would call it like an anti-sitcom. That would be kind of how I would describe it. Um, it's got 164 episodes right now across 14 different seasons, and it's been running since 2005, and season 15 is airing later this week. So wow. it's still going. Uh, it was created by Glenn Howerton and Rob McElhenney, who also star in the show as two of the main characters. The main cast would consist of Glenn Howerton and Rob McElhenney, as well as Charlie Day, Caitlin Olsen, and then from the second season forward, Danny DeVito is also a very recurring main cast member. And the reason I would call this an anti-sitcom is that it kind of plays on a lot of tropes from from sitcoms in like the 90s to early 2000s. Uh, where a lot of the characters, like, you were meant to empathize with and kind of connect with. But if you, like, step back and, like, took a look at how they were acting, you were like, wow, these aren't, these people aren't that great. Like, they're kind of, they're kind of nasty. Like, I wouldn't want to actually be friends with these people, even though they're written in such a way that you would connect with them. And this, it all, it's always something in Philadelphia. It takes, like, the complete opposite approach to where these are, like, the worst people you can imagine. <laughs> like, like they are care. They're they're like caricatures of like modern society. Like the worst of the worst, just pushed to eleven. And each person in the cast kind of has their own role. Glenn Howerton plays Dennis, who's like the sociopath of the group. Um, just completely self-absorbed and narcissistic. They're all pretty narcissistic, honestly. But he's the one that makes. He has some like questionable lines that you're like, this guy. Has he killed somebody? Like, what? <laughs> just how far would this guy go? And then, like, uh, Caitlin Olsen plays Sweet D, who's his sister. She's she's trying to like make it in, like the the theater world. She's like a like a thirty five year old still trying to get her breakout role. Like it's time. Like that ship has sailed, but she's still completely obsessed with being like an actress. And she's just all these awful like roles and characters she comes up with within the show that play on, like, a lot of, like, stereotypes and stuff. And then Danny DeVito is probably the main draw of the show, I think, for a lot of people. He's, like, the star power behind it, at least when it was first starting out. Um, there's definitely a noticeable jump in quality when he joins in the second season. They actually have just been releasing a podcast with three of the cast members where they talk about, like, the early episodes and stuff. And they said that starting out in that first season, they were trying to make it to where... These the characters felt like real people, like these people might actually be out there somewhere. But they realized going from like the second season on 
then it's more entertaining just to make them as completely unbelievable as possible. Like the worst person you can imagine. Hmm. And that really is like, you can tell that, that jumping quality from the second season on. And just like the, the, the situational humor, the, the constant scheming and planning that inevitably always fails and backfires in their faces. They're always trying to find the next way to get rich quick or like exploit somebody or make money off someone else. And they'll even do it to each other. They backstab each other constantly all the time. And I think one of the most poignant episodes is when they kind of like break apart. They call themselves the gang. That's like their their affectionate name for each other. And there's an episode where they kind of fall out with each other. And once that happens, they all like start growing as people and start succeeding and like doing well for themselves. And then at the end of the episode, they all come back together and it all just collapses and they're back to the bottom, like doing nothing good for themselves and just being wastes on society. But they use this kind of absurd, like angle of comedy to really like tackle like kind of modern issues. It's very satirical in a way. And that's kind of what I like about it. Like just the way that they can, push their comedy to such an extreme level to like deliver that satire a lot of their episodes do have kind of like a message behind them and it's just delivered in such a different way from what you would normally see in a tv show it does run on like the late block it's not fx it's fxx (laughs) so it runs on like fx's late night block it's a very mature lots of bad language like crude humor and it's really right up my alley (laughs) like that's what i like about it so much Danny DeVito's hilarious. All the main characters, once they kind of find their footing within their role, they're all hilarious. Their chemistry together is amazing. Like, it's obvious that even from the beginning, these people were, like, friends in real life. They'd known each other for a long time. And they really know how to play off each other well and improv and just deliver great comedy. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's for everybody. I don't think it's necessarily your kind of show, Parth. Yeah. But, um... If you like very crude, in-your-face humor, this is probably one of the best shows out there right now, I think. Huh. Even even 14 seasons in, they haven't managed to like lose their edge. They're still going just as strong, in my opinion, really? as they've been for the entire rest of the runtime. Only the first season, I think, is really worth... Like, If you were going to skip one, it would probably be the first season. Just so you can get to where Danny DeVito comes in. <laughs> <laughs> but from then on, I wouldn't... I mean, all the episodes are just purely good goodness like i don't know how else to describe it <laughs> yeah from uh how you describe it i don't think i would like it <laughs> yeah it doesn't I... strike me as a parth kind of show yeah there's nothing feel good about it <laughs> in any way shape or form <laughs> yeah but uh yeah I, it's definitely popular like i know a ton of people like it yeah, it's and pretty... It's still running, so obviously they're doing something right. Yeah, it's pretty well received. They kind of blew up. Um, I've been listening to, like I said, the podcast they've been putting out. And originally they were recording, like, their their first season they recorded with, like, a handheld camera. With, like, like no body mics. They were just, like, had one boom mic they held up to record an entire scene. Really? Yeah. Like, they had no idea how to light it or anything like that. And they were they were really kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And um, I think that's part of the charm, is just how cheap it all seems. Like, even the newer seasons, it doesn't feel like a high-budget show. It feels like, like 
they're using as little money as possible <laughs> to create this. And I think that's kind of part of the charm for me. Hmm. Nice. When did you uh, like discover this show? I, I started watching probably four to five years ago. I've been watching it quite a while. It's one of those shows where I can watch it front to back and then just start back over from the beginning and just rewatch it. I've probably watched through it all maybe three times at this point. Wow. Just having put it on, like like I said, kind of like with X-Files as I'm lying in bed, I'll put it on and watch like a couple episodes because they're pretty short. They're usually like 25 to 30 minutes each. Hmm. And I'll just let it autoplay. And then I'll fall whenever I fall asleep and go back to watch more of it. I'll just pick back up from the last episode I remember playing. And I've gone through it, like I said, probably t- three times at least by now. Huh. Uh, I haven't. I've only seen the newest season, the fourteenth season. I've only seen it once when it aired. I watched it, and like I said, the new, the fifteenth season is coming out later this week, if not today or tomorrow, maybe, as of recording this. Okay. So I'll be watching that as it goes up. I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those series where you kind of hear things like jumping the shark. Yeah, where it's like it kind of becomes like a parody of itself. It gets so extreme. But, like, the basis of the show is already making it, making these people as extreme as possible. So they just keep amping it up. And it all just, it still makes sense within the context of this little universe they've created. They, they can't jump the shark because they jumped the shark in, like, season one, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But it, it, it's great watching. Not, not something to watch with the kids, though. Would no. not, no, definitely not. <laughs> a lot of language and Yeah, stuff. Not, not a kid's show. Dang. Not a kid's show. No. I think that's going to do it for my second pick. Okay. Nice. For my third pick tonight, I have picked The Boys. And The Boys started airing in 2019. And it's still ongoing. Uh, still airing today. There are two seasons so far. I believe there are 16 episodes so far. Uh, Each season has 8 episodes. So this is again a show with a pretty large cast. But just to name some of the main cast. We have um, Carl Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, Aaron Moriarty, uh, Laz Laz Alonzo, Chase Crawford. Um, Yeah. Several more. Um, there's like 15 or 20 probably main uh, stars in the show. But those are some of them. And basically it's like a... I mean, it's a superhero show. But it's about this group of superheroes called uh, The Seven. And it's basically like... The public thinks they're these great superheroes that like save people. But in reality, they're like not great people most of them you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um and then there's also this other group called the boys which um there's like i think like five of them in their that group there's actually one of them is a, a girl but <laughs> anyways <laughs> <laughs> and these guys are like they're just kind of like they're regular people they're not they're not superheroes and they're kind of against the seven. They're kind of trying to bring them down, because you know the seven's like corrupt and they're not, they're not good people. So um, yeah, it's kind of a mix of uh, action, uh, black comedy, kind of dark comedy, and drama. 
So, yeah, I think I found this. Well, I I've started watching it last year in 2020. I've, it's on Amazon Prime. So, again, I think I was just looking for another show to watch, and I saw that The Boys was got like had had gotten really good reviews, and I had Amazon Prime, so I was like, hey, I'll check it out, and it pretty much like hooked me immediately from the first episode. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just like it's just highly entertaining and highly bingeable. Like they know what they're doing. They just pack these episodes with like so much goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like the action scenes are really good and just very entertaining. Like uh, there's this one scene in one episode where they're on this like speedboat and. They cra- like crash onto land, and they crash into this giant whale on <laughs> on, on the whale um on land, and they like there's like guts everywhere, like the whale's guts, and they they're like covered in the whale's guts. And, yeah, it's just like crazy stuff like that. It's just like pretty entertaining, and yeah, like the main villain in the show is also really good. He's named, he's called Homelander, and he's kind of like, he's like an evil Superman, basically. He's like the leader of the Seven, so he's just very entertaining in the way he kind of, the way his personality is, because he's very powerful, and, you know, he kills people without, like, giving it a second thought, but he's kind of a man-child, too, like, when he doesn't get, like, what he wants kind of feels like he throws a tantrum you know <laughs> uh-huh. yeah there's also just like the main kind of character is uh huey who who's a uh, part of the boys you know who, who are kind of the good guys so he's pretty like i guess likable as kind of a lead and then there's also one of the other members of the boys is called billy butcher that's uh kind of um he kind of has this kind of interesting relationship with Huey where they kind of butt heads sometimes because they have very different personalities where Huey's kind of like, you know, we got to do the right thing. He's kind of a regular Joe, someone you could, you could, you can put yourself in his shoes, you know? And then Billy Butcher's like, he's not actually really a good guy. <laughs> he just really hates superheroes. <laughs> Cause, uh, I think, uh, the way it's like a Homelander, he kidnapped Billy Butcher's wife in the show and held her hostage. So he just like hates him for that, and like he hates superheroes in general. So he's a lot more like morally gray. So it's kind of interesting seeing him and Huey butt heads sometimes. And then also one of the members of the Seven, uh, Starlight, is a uh, She's like a superhero, but she's like the one member of the Sevens that that's actually like a good person, and you know, she's kind of kind of friends with the boys. She's kind of more with uh, she's like on their team, and she kind of has this like boyfriend girlfriend thing with Huey. They have this romance thing going on, so you got a little bit of that too. So it's just a good mix of you know, like I said, 
like black comedy action some drama a little man a little bit of romance you know <laughs> it's all the bases yeah so yeah again i just feel like this is a highly entertaining show like when you only have eight episodes per season there's like no filler you know they don't have time to have like filler episodes yeah so each episode is just like you know you're invested you're interested the whole time uh it doesn't really ever like let up there isn't ever really like a slow episode really so um i know they did film season three already so i'm sure that'll be coming out like probably next year so i'm really looking forward to that great show always a good time watching it uh again i i this one's really popular too it's probably one of amazon prime's like biggest shows so um yeah that thing that's about all i had to say for that one again i would uh i would probably recommend this to most people as long as you like i don't know you know action and comedy and um you like being entertained i don't know <laughs> i remember when it first dropped that first season it really blew up oh yeah like it was it was all over the internet i mean i remember like hearing some of our friends talk about how good it was seeing oh, really? people online talk about how good it was people at work were talking about how good it was it was wow. everywhere yeah i have never watched it huh. <laughs> but out of out of your three I, I will say this probably seems like the one i would like the most yeah I I think it would be, yeah. I actually, I had heard of, like, the title The Boys before just, like, on the internet and stuff, but I never knew what it was about. I didn't know it was a superhero show at all. But, yeah, I didn't really, like I said, I didn't look into it until last year when I was just looking for a new show to watch. And then... Yeah, it turns out, oh yeah, people were right. It is great. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of Watchmen. Yeah. Watchmen is like, you know, it, it tries to take superheroes, like a realistic approach to what, what it would actually be like if superheroes were in the real world and not like a fantasy comic book world. Mm -hmm. And how like the corruption and, you know, they, they're probably not actually good guys, <laughs> despite what they might seem like. That is kinda, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Right. Based on how you describe it. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. Definitely a little bit of a Watchmen vibe in the show, yeah. But yeah, maybe, I don't know if you have Amazon Prime, but yeah. if you have, yeah. Yeah, maybe we check definitely it have, out. Yeah. I think it's actually on my list. I just never get on Amazon Prime oh, <laughs> to, yeah. like, watch. I, I I never get on there to, like, watch stuff. I usually just order stuff on Amazon. Right. <laughs> But yeah, if I'm if, I, if, I, if I'm ever on there to watch something, then the boys is uh, maybe I'll give it a go. Cool, yeah. You want to let me know what you think? All right, and I'm going to end off the episode talking about my final pick of the night, uh, which is going to be Star Trek: The Original Series. Uh, this was 80 episodes across three seasons, which is kind of impressive when I think about <laughs> it. Uh, it ran from 66 to 69. Uh, it was created by Gene Roddenberry, who's probably best known for creating Star Trek. He was heavily involved with all the aspects of Star Trek up until his death in the late 90s, early 2000s. He's the Star Trek guy. Most people who are at least a little familiar with it will know that it stars William Shatner as Captain Kirk. Uh, Leonard Nimoy plays Mr. Spock. And um, DeForest Kelly plays Dr. McCoy, 
who is those are the main three characters there in every episode essentially they're, they're the leading characters and everybody else is kind of interchangeable most of the background characters don't really matter they're just kind of fodder to be killed off or whatever happens to them there are a couple recurring characters though such as Nichelle Nichols playing Uhura uh, James Doohan playing Scotty George Takai playing Sulu and Walter Koenig playing Chekhov uh, they make regular appearances every couple episodes. And it's a purely sci-fi show. I think anybody, like I said, that knows anything about Star Trek, is it's pretty hard sci-fi. It's not like Star Wars. I know a lot of times people try to make that comparison, like, which one do you like more, Star Trek or Star Wars? And I really wouldn't compare them at all. Uh, at least here in, in these the original run of Star Trek, it's very much more of a um, kind of slow-paced philosophical look at sci-fi it was very forward thinking for the 60s they deal with a lot of issues that have become more apparent now like technology and they use alien races but like inter interspecies relationships and war and politics and all this other stuff and each episode kind of like x-files is its own self-contained story there's not a lot of overarching stories in the original series uh each episode is mostly just Captain Kirk, uh, Dr. McCoy, and Spock uh, flying the Enterprise to a new planet. They're like the exploration team for the Federation. And so each episode is them flying to a new unexplored planet and, you know, scanning it, seeing what's happening. You know, are there inhabitants already there? Are there aliens? Is there already a society or a civilization? And just all these uh, very kind of creative situational conflicts that arise out of that and how they deal with them. The thing I like most about the show is it's very optimistic and positive. The The Federation officers, they usually find a way to think their way through a situation. They very rarely rely on, like, outright violence or, you know, overpowering someone or something. They usually find a way to come to, like, a diplomatic solution to all their problems. And it just has a very optimistic, positive outlook on the future of humanity in general. It's pretty pervasive throughout most of the um, original run of Star Trek series. And that's probably one of my favorite aspects of it. The acting, it's, it, while it's very forward-thinking, it's also kind of a time capsule of that late 60s theater and cinema and stuff. The acting is very kind of over-the-top, especially on uh, William Shatner's part. And that's also very entertaining, just how kind of today it comes across as kind of campy and um, like hammy in a way. And that, that gives it a lot of entertaining entertainment value, for me at least. It does have some dated like effects and stuff. Obviously, it's not going to look that great. A lot yeah. of the sets look very low budget. Because even at the time, they didn't have a super high budget for this show. At least in the first season. And so it looks dated. It's kind of this weird amalgamation of being dated and forward thinking all at the same time. <laughs> Which I think is kind of interesting. And like I said, just each episode is really... is They're all entertaining. Uh, there's definitely kind of a fluctuation. I won't say they're all great. There's some ups and downs throughout the series. But there's always great episodes to watch that kind of give you, you know, something something to think about. Like I said, it's almost philosophical in a way. It'll, it'll make you think about things in a different way. And that's probably the best thing about it, I think. Yeah. Com when combined with, like, that just general optimism for the future. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I've watched Star Trek now probably... I started watching three or four years ago with oh. the original series. Um, 
I had never seen any of the new Star Trek stuff. There's like a whole news, like alternate timeline of like movies and TV series that have come out, started coming out since like the 2010s. And I've heard those are not very good. And they're kind of disingenuous to the original like spirit of Star Trek. They, they, they come across more like Star Wars, I guess, if that makes sense. Oh, or it's yeah. like a lot of folks on focus on like action and, you know, special effects showcases and, you know, big space battles and all that, all that kind of stuff that Star Trek was never about. Yeah. You mean like the, the new trilogy? Yeah, there's like the new trilogy of movies. There's Star Trek Picard, which is a new series, and Star Trek Discovery, which is a new series. Hmm. Um, I've never bothered to watch any of that. Um, I'll stick with the classics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like... Um, Start the original series and some of their other uh, series. They're like for me. They're like my comfort watching. Like I can just put them on. And it's just kind of a feel good, you know, feel good experience. Right. Yeah. I, I I've seen the original series like two or three times through. I think just in total. And yeah, just I love some Star Trek. <laughs> nice. It's probably my favorite like universe. You know, like theatrical series universe. Mm-hmm. And it all ties together, like all the all the series that came out after the original series, they all tied back together with the original series. Like the timeline is consistent. Oh, it's all the same timeline. Yeah, up until like that. Like I said, the reboot stuff. Oh. So you got a lot to watch. Yeah, <laughs> but highly recommend the original series for anybody that, like you said, who's a fan of being entertained <laughs> and doesn't mind some watching something that's a bit older. Well, very older. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I I haven't watched anything Star Trek related ever. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I just don't know why uh like if it would be my cup of tea because it is I feel like pretty it's pretty sci-fi and yeah. It's much more hard sci-fi than Star Wars. Yeah. Lots of techno babble, like, right. like scientific sounding jargon that doesn't really make sense. Like, I think they were just kind of talking out of their ass for the most part. Oh, really? But it's written to sound smart. Okay. <laughs> right. But, I mean, obviously it has a pretty large fan base. So, yeah. You know. I mean, it's still going today. That That new series, Discovery or whatever, I think they have a new season coming out of that. Oh yeah. So it's still popular even to this day. Hmm. Although I think the fan base is different. Like there's there's the fan base for the original stuff, and then there's the fan base for the newer stuff. And I don't know how much crossover there is between that. Because hmm. they are very different stylistically and thematically. Yeah. You said that stuff. The newer stuff has more like action and stuff. Yeah, like lots of like 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 I said in the original. In, like, the original series, like, the original series and, like, some of the later series that came out in the 90s and early 2000s, like, violence was always, like, the last resort. Like, you try to solve, you try to think your way through something. You don't just, like, go and beat the other person up to make them think the way you want them to think. Yeah. Whereas the newer stuff, it seems, at least from what I've seen, is much more reliant on, you know, like like I said, like space battles and fist fights and shootouts and all that kind of stuff, right. which has never really been a huge part of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. 
like like the, even the guns in the original series, the phasers, like the, they they <laughs> set phasers to stun. You know, they, yeah. they're not they're not, they're never trying to kill anyone with their phasers. They're just trying to if they if they have to, they can knock them out with it. Right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't watched Star Trek, obviously, but judging from what you said, I don't know why people compare it with Star Wars. Cause yeah. Star Wars almost feels closer to, like, fantasy to me than sci-fi. Yeah, it's like a sci-fi fantasy. Like, yeah. a fantasy with sci-fi elements. Yeah. Whereas Star Trek is much more, like, sci-fi. There's not a lot of fantasy in it. Right. But, yeah. I mean, I would recommend you give it a couple episodes to watch. They're not super long. Mm-hmm. Like, you could pick any of them out. It's one of those shows where once you kind of know the characters, you don't have to watch it in order. Like I said, because there's no, like, overarching plots in the series that's reserved more for the movies that followed it they have like an overarching plot but the series is one of those ones where you could just like hit shuffle watch watch them in any order you want and they would all be pretty entertaining you wouldn't get lost or anything nice i think that's about all i have to say about star trek all right we each have like a few honorable mentions we wanted to talk about too so, my first honorable mention I have is Parks and Recreation. So, um, this is, I mean, a very popular sitcom. You, you've probably heard of it. <laughs> so, this show ran from 2009 to 2015 on NBC, actually. And it was created by, I think it was Michael... Sure, yeah, and Michael Schur and Greg Daniels. So Michael Schur is actually the same guy that created The Office, so it's kind of the same creator. He was a co-creator here. But, I mean, I like this a lot more than Office. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the cast includes Amy Poehler, Nick Offerman, Aubrey Plaza, Chris Pratt, Aziz Ansari, uh, Rob Lowe, Rashida Jones, Adam Scott, so there's some pretty big names on the show, I would say. And it's, yeah, it's just like a sitcom about a group of like government workers that work in the Parks and Rec- Recreation Department in this town in Indiana. And just kind of their, just their lives. I mean, their work lives and their personal lives. Um, it's It's just, I think it's very wholesome. It's probably the most feel-good show i've ever watched <laughs> honestly and i think it's legitimately pretty funny like i i think they're the jokes are well written it ran for seven seasons but there was never like a drop in quality in my opinion and there, i mean season one was was definitely the weakest but it was only six episodes and they were just like starting off and trying to figure out what kind of show they were you know but after that, every season was great. And this is another kind of comfort show I have. Like, I remember I watched it in 2019. And, yeah, it was just like, this made me feel good, you know? It was a comfort show. Kind of like Community. But this, this is even more feel good than Community. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, all the characters are likable, I think. Or at least entertaining in some way. Uh, they have, like, charisma and stuff. 
I think that's actually all I have to say about it. It's like, uh, probably one of the, the best sitcoms out, say, of the past, I guess, couple decades. You know, out of what I've seen, at least. So, definitely check it out if you don't mind, like, feel-good shows, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, my second honorable mention I have is Black Mirror. Wanted to switch it up a little bit, so... Not all of the shows I talked about were comedies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of variety. Yeah. So Black Mirror is a show, it's actually a British show, that started in 2011. And I believe it is still running. I think they have like five seasons so far. 22 episodes, I believe. And, I mean, they haven't announced another season, but I assume they're going to make more. So... And this was created by Charlie Brooker. So this is an anthology show where the focus is kind of on sci-fi and kind of the way technology could affect our lives. So each episode is like about how some particular technology usually is set in like the near future, how it affects you know the main character's lives and typically it's like a negative effect is trying to say like technology this advanced technology isn't really good for society as a whole you know i just think it's a very unique show like i don't know a lot of shows that are science fiction anthologies like this and yeah for the most part the episodes are all pretty well written pretty entertaining pretty interesting ideas presented you know um it, it almost kind of makes you think sometimes you know like oh is this a good use of this technology if we had it and i would say not every episode works like there's definitely a couple just actually bad episodes that i did not like but i mean you know there's a couple bad apples you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> for the most part though pretty entertaining show um i like almost every episode definitely i'm looking forward to the next season i, I hope they make more i do i remember i started watching this actually like my last semester of college i just randomly uh found out about it and just started and i was like oh this is pretty good <laughs> nice yeah so that's my second honorable mention, and my last honorable mention is You. This is a show that started in 2018, and it is still running. They have three seasons, and they have 31 episodes so far. So this is basically a psychological thriller, and it's about this main character named Joe, who's this young guy like in his uh, probably around 30 years old and he's like he's like a he's a psychopath so it's about how basically he gets into all these relationships with different women like each season is kind of its own thing like season one is set in new york city but then season two is in los angeles like he moves to la and then season three is in like the Bay Area of California, like more like Northern California. Mm. So it's kind of how 
he he thinks he falls in love with these women and he stalks them and kind of just he's like a creep you know yeah <laughs> he's not a good guy and he, he he thinks he's in love with them but he's not he's just a psychopath <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting because he's the main character you know the main character is a bad guy um he's also the villain you know mm-hmm. so it's just like a very interesting show i would say also pretty pretty a bingeable show it's on netflix right now it's got like i said three seasons so far it's been renewed for a fourth season too i think the first two seasons were very bingeable like i went through them really quick um because like it's just really he's a really interesting character because you don't support what he's doing but it's just entertaining watching him you know ruin lives and kill people try to cover up murders (laughs) stuff like that (laughs) and there's also like this constant um like inner inner monologue like whatever he's thinking you know you hear it so that's pretty interesting you can see kind of where he's coming from and what he's thinking so that kind of adds another dimension to the show and um yeah i like i said the first two seasons were very solid excellent i would say actually season three was a a step down for sure it was still good but the plot started to get a little repetitive and it was just less interesting like i just cared less about what happened so season three it could have been better but still so good season and um i hope they they get back to season two levels in season four. <laughs> <laughs> season two was probably the peak of the show. Nice. <laughs> it's and it's like, I guess I can I can spoil the show a little bit maybe. Uh, it's like in season two, the girl he meets that he, you know, quote unquote falls in love with his love interest. She ends up being a psychopath too. It's like a twist revealed <laughs> at the end of season two. And she's like a murderer too. She's just as crazy as him. <laughs> so then season three focuses on them and they're like married now and they have a son. So Dang, okay. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting uh turn of events there. Yeah. Well, I mean I guess you can only do the same thing eight for so long. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just it's kind of interesting seeing like two psychopaths be married to each other. But then in season three, it turns out they don't really actually care for each other. Because, I mean, they are psychopaths. Oh, yeah, naturally. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, overall, very good show. I would definitely recommend it if you like thrillers, I guess. If you like thrillers, you'll probably like this show. Because it is is thrilling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, so also, the show does get a little absurd particularly in seasons two and three just kind of the stuff that happens you're like okay i mean how hasn't he been caught yet like you know yeah. has no one noticed any of this <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you had to suspend suspend your disbelief a little bit in some parts but i can i can do that and i i just i enjoy the show so yeah that's about it for that one. Nice. 
I will say. I, I have seen some episodes of Black Mirror. Uh-huh. Not all of them, but a couple. And what I saw, I thought was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It reminded me of a really modern take on like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have heard that. But uh, I like the Twilight Zone much more. <laughs> Leading yeah. into my honorable picks. All right. <laughs> um, I guess I would start off by saying the Twilight Zone probably would be one. Okay. Uh, I have a long history with it. I watched it ever since I was like a kid. It was created by Rod Serling, and it ran from 1959 to 1964. And it was like a sci-fi anthology where each episode was a different story. And the writing was really creative, especially for that time, like the late 50s, early 60s. It was very forward-thinking, uh, dealing with a lot of like, you know, especially back then, things that would really make you think, you know, kind of with technology and, you know, the future and whatnot. Yeah. I really liked The Twilight Zone when I was little. I had like a DVD box set of like a couple of the seasons that I would watch like nonstop. And I even got on, it's on Hulu, I believe, right now. I even got on Hulu and watched it through once or twice, just here within the past, like, five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's just a series I have a lot of love for. Probably kind of a precursor to, you know, my love for Star Trek, in a way. It deals with some of the, some kind of sci-fi elements. Mm-hmm. Also deals with some kind of, like, horror elements. You know, as horrific as you could get in the 50s and 60s. Right. But um, it's, an, it's a show that I would really like. I'd highly recommend it to pretty much anybody. Um, it's old enough to where it's not like, there's nothing offensive about it. Anybody could really watch it. Um, and it's just got some interesting plot lines and stories that follow through. Nice. I do remember I watched one episode of the Twilight Zone a few years ago. It was the one where the guy loves books and then like the, everyone in the world yeah, like a nuclear bomb gets dropped. Yeah. Like it's the, like the nuclear apocalypse, and he's the only person that lives. Right. And then his glasses break at the end. <laughs> he's got all the time in the world to read, and then his glasses break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was cool. <laughs> but uh, going on from that, I would probably give a shout-out to some of the other Star Trek series that I've watched. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation, which ran from 1987 to 1994, uh, it's kind of a modernization of the original series. Uh, it it has the same like setup where it's like the crew of the Enterprise is traveling throughout the universe. Uh, there's much more of a focus on like the entire crew, like they each like all the main bridge crew have their own personalities and kind of backstories and storylines that unfold, as opposed to the original series where just the three main characters were really all they got focused on. But again, it's kind of that same setup where they each each episode is them traveling to a new unexplored planet and kind of what strange things unfold and the weird things they meet and all these kind of dilemmas they run into that, again, they solve, you know, using more thinking rather than violence. It has that same kind of like optimistic, hopeful tone I was talking about. Uh, or each episode starts off kind of on a high note and then, you know, like you hit the conflict of the episode and, you know, it gets kind of tense, and, you know, like, oh, what's going to happen? And then at the end of the episode, they usually find, like, a creative way to resolve it that kind of brings you back to that, you know, feel-good kind of feeling that I really enjoy from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And then parallel to that, from 1993 to 1999, Star Trek Deep Space Nine ran, um, which was kind of a, originally started as, like, a companion show to The Next Generation. Um 
a lot of the events from the later seasons of the next generation are actually reflected in the episodes of Deep Space Nine. But instead of being set on like a ship traveling the galaxy, this is set on a space station on like like right next to like a dimensional vortex to deep space, <laughs> since the name Deep Space Nine. So it's kind of more it's much more political in nature. Um lots a lot of what happens in the show series has a lot to deal with like, you know, relationships between all these different aliens and you know differing views on how things should be handled and whatnot and trying to find creative ways to resolve all these differences that all these unique alien species that all come together on this one space station would have and it's coming off of the original series and the next generation it's a very different take on star trek that still manages to maintain that that spirit that like i said i love so much about it Mm-hmm. It feels like Star Trek, despite not having the typical Star Trek setup of, you know, traveling the galaxy and whatnot. Right. But, yeah, I love some Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> all Star Trek, up until the new stuff. All the movies, they're all great. Um, I will, These the series I would recommend to anybody, like I said, as long as you can get over that, like, sci-fi hump. As long as you don't mind kind of like a harder sci-fi show. They're really good. I mean, there's nothing... Um, by the time you get to the next generation... And Deep Space Nine, they've kind of found their footing. They don't, they don't really start off bad. They just get better and better as they go. Hmm. So they, it, they're they're another series where you can kind of just shuffle the episodes almost, and each episode you watch will be great. There's a couple like overarching storylines that you can follow through, but for the most part, it's kind of like an episode to episode kind of deal, almost like an anthology just with recurring characters. Mm-hmm. And then my final honorable mention for the night will be Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, This was three seasons that ran from 2015 to 2018 uh, for 30 episodes total. I just recently watched this when I got the uh, Evil Dead Groovy Collection, which included um, all three seasons on Blu-ray. And it is a continuation of the Evil Dead trilogy being Evil Dead, the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. All three of those movies are referenced within the series at one point or another. And it follows the main character of uh, Ash, played as always by Bruce Campbell, um, as he is now, you know, like 40 or 50 years old, still dealing with all like the deadites and stuff and the Necronomicon ruining his life. And it really fits more into like the hammy, campy kind of black comedy tone of the second movie is really what it plays off the most. It's... Mm -hmm much like bloodier and gorier than army of darkness so it still kind of has that horror aspect to it but it for the most part it's very comedic even like the violence is played for laughs it throughout most of the show and it's just a really entertaining watch uh the first two seasons i thought were pretty excellent um they did a really good job of kind of continuing off of the movies and setting up new stories and resolving them really well the third season was not nearly as good I read that they um they were actually shooting for a fourth season, but it didn't get renewed. So they kind of had to ham fist everything into that third season to try to wrap it all up, and that really does have like a negative impact on the show overall. I think. Hmm. But the first two seasons are excellent and worth watching if you're a fan of you know horror comedies like The Evil Dead. Um, the effects are great. The acting is what it should be. Like I said, it's very kind of over the top and hammy. And yeah, it's just a great kind of action horror comedy watch. Nice. This is like 
a continuation from the Evil Dead trilogy. It's like the same timeline and stuff. Yeah. So it's set 30 years after Army of Darkness. Damn. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's got, um, like, Sam Raimi was involved with it. He, like, directed the first episode, and he was, like, a producer on all the episodes. Bruce Campbell was a producer on all the episodes. He's the main actor that plays Ash. Um, Lucy Lawless, who played Xena, Warrior Princess. You might not even know what that is. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> that was, like, a show that ran on, like, the Sci-Fi Channel in the late 90s and early 2000s. She's, like, a recurring antagonist slash ally that you'd ever kind of really know which team she's on. Um... But yeah, it was just a really entertaining watch. It's one of those shows where they're not really afraid to kill off characters. Like, you'll spend a couple episodes getting to know somebody just for them to get, like, decapitated or something. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, got them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another one that I don't know that it would necessarily be your kind of watch. Yeah. But any fan of The Evil Dead, I would highly recommend watching the show, too. Nice. Also, I do... I feel like... Uh... It seems you like kind of of more older shows than I do. I mean, um, you like some newer shows too, but for me, I guess I haven't gone too far back before like the 90s, but I don't know. I guess older shows I've never really, it's been like, oh, it's like old, you know. I don't know if I want to check it out. Yeah. But, but like you... Uh, you just you've seen a lot more of them. Yeah. Well, like yeah. I said, I, I grew up watching stuff like The Twilight Zone, which is very old. Yeah. By now, so I mean, it, it is definitely one of those things where you have to kind of get over how dated it is. Like, I know that's a turnoff for a lot of people when something's like really dated like that. Yeah. But for me, it usually just adds more to the charm of it. Because mm. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of bad TV series from back in the day. That's why no one talks about them anymore. Right. <laughs> Yeah, gotcha. And also, you like um, you you seem to prefer like the sitcom kind of format. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know uh, there for a while, sitcoms were very samey. Yeah, like Friends and Seinfeld. Yeah, which all kind of fall into like the same category almost. Mm -hmm. It hasn't really been till the here like in the late twenty, like the late two thousands through the twenty tens that sitcoms kind of got more creative with their premises and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, I mean, um, I yeah, I do like sitcoms. I I do like Friends, as basic as that is. <laughs> but I do like more of the creativity, um, that kind of newer sitcoms have had. I guess kind of keeps them fresh, and I think I like comedies that have some drama mixed into. Like it can't like just be comedy, if there if if it's a good mix of comedy and drama, then that's kind of my thing. You like some seriousness to yeah. balance out your comedy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, uh, and and then yeah, I guess you like more kind of sci-fi and horror stuff. Yeah, yeah, and when I when I watch comedy, I like like comedy. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't right. care for drama or nothing like that with it. Right, right. <laughs> But I guess that's about it for us today. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. Talking about our favorite show. Good time. Yeah. Um, we'll be back with another episode for sure at some point with some topic that I, I don't know yet. In the future. <laughs> yeah, in the future. 
but uh, that's going to be about it for us tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed, and have a good rest of your day or night. See y'all later. See ya.